Hello, and welcome back to A Pushing History. I'm Parker Bex. And I'm Charlie Hapton. And today, we will talk about the significance of the life of Jackson and dueling culture. Alright, let's start with the War of 1812 with the Americans and the British. How did the War of 1812 start, Parker? Well, the War of 1812 started because the British began infringing on America. And what exactly was this infringement? The British impressment of U.S. ships. And this impressment, could you explain it for us? This impressment was British Navy expecting and taking American sailors for the accusation of being deserters from British ships. And during all this, who was the president of the United States of America? James Madison was the president at the time, and he was the one who declared war on the British. How about Andrew Jackson? What was his role during the war? Andrew Jackson was a major general during this war, who went to New Orleans in 1815. He helped defeat the British in the Battle of New Orleans. This led the American people to see Jackson as a national hero. Okay, now we'll move into the more interesting part of dueling culture. What was a duel in this age, Parker? In normal duels, one person or a party would elect another person or party to fight. The recipient could either apologize or elect to duel. If the recipient apologized, there would be no duel. But if the recipient chose to fight or duel, the recipient would then choose the time and place for the duel, as well as the weapons. The two rivals or opponents would stand 20 paces apart from each other, and the goal is to hit or injure your opponent. Most duels ended after one shot was fired from each opponent. People would use loaded pistols to aim and shoot at them. And these men, why would they compete in these duels? Well, most men would compete in these duels to assert their dominance or to solve an argument. Most men fought out of spite. When you say assert their dominance, what exactly do you mean? Well, in the 19th century, men were highly concerned about their image or their honor. Men used duels as a way to prove their masculinity and to be more masculine than other men. People or men wanted to be honored for their duels. Men fought in duels to prove their honor. And what was the usual outcome of these duels? Most of the time, people would just become injured and saved by the doctors on site of the duel. At all duels, doctors would be on standby to help save the men who were shot. Some people would die as an outcome of the duel. And what exactly was the biggest misconception of these duels? Well, what a lot of people don't know is that killing someone in a duel was still murder and still a crime. When did this dueling culture start? It became very popular in 1804. And how did something like this start? Well, it all started in Europe during the Middle Ages with these things called man-to-man battles between nobles or judicial combat. People believed God picked the man who did right and let him win. 
And how is this all related to Andrew Jackson? So Andrew Jackson fought in more than a dozen duels and even ended up getting shot in the lung during one of his duels. Wow. So why did Jackson partake in these duels? Jackson's causes of duels range from false accusation like being accused of adultery by the Tennessee governor or embarrassment, for example, the attorney in one of Jackson's court cases made Jackson look foolish in court. And finally, stupid and simple arguments like horse races, which got him shot in the chest. For the most part, Jackson was seen as a formidable duelist, except for his duel against Charles Dickinson in 1806. In this duel, he fired once and misfired because he used a flintlock. He then shot again and killed Dickinson when the duel was seen as over. And what were the duels like during this time period? Well, not all duels were lethal, and most were just to draw first blood or to shoot pistols into the air. And what weapons did they use to fight in these duels? The weapons most commonly were used that were swords and pistols. The most common pistol was a flintlock pistol. What even is a flintlock pistol? Well, I'm glad you asked. A flintlock pistol has a flint in the hammer for striking a spark to ignite the charge. This charge would then fire the bullet. Because of poor technology, the shot would often misfire, which was a big problem in duels. And how are these duels different from a normal gunfight? Duels were often formal affairs with strict sets of rules. For example, one rules, one set of rules that were developed was the Code Dwello in Ireland in the 1770s. Another one was the Code of Honor, which was when the Code of Honor was based off of the Code Dwello. What would you say are the more famous duels of this time period? Well, obviously, the most famous duel is Burr versus Hamilton. They fought because Hamilton elected Jefferson as president over Burr. This made Burr very upset, and he challenged Hamilton to a duel. This duel, what was the result? Well, Burr ended up killing Hamilton with his flintlock pistol, and he ended up fleeing to the West because it was considered murder, and he could have gone to prison. What would you say is the next most famous duel? Another one would probably have to be Stephen Decatur versus James Barron. Decatur was the youngest naval captain in U.S. history and was a hero during the First and Second Barbary Wars. James Barron blamed Decatur for his five-year suspension, and in the duel, Decatur ended up dying. What happened to this dueling culture? Dueling dissolved because too much tragedy was developed, especially after Hamilton died. And it, the government didn't let it continue. In fact, Benjamin Franklin and George Washington were very against dueling. Alright, Charlie, I gotta ask, would you ever do a duel? Of course not. If you were to kill the person, it is still murder, and I could also never hold a grudge against another person that required me to shoot an actual bullet at them. What about you, Parker? Would you ever partake in a duel? Huh, let me think about that. I mean, of course I would compete in a duel. I mean, competing in a duel is the best way 
to prove one man's masculinity and honor. Yes, although I do understand how bad killing someone is. I would never kill someone, but of course just injure them. And also, I would never challenge someone to a duel, but if someone challenged me, I could never back down from that. I guess that's one way to look at it. Next, we'll talk about Andrew Jackson and his life and presidency. Charlie, now, what was Jackson's early life like? Andrew Jackson grew up in poverty. He was born in South Carolina on March 15, 1767. He was the son of Irish immigrants, so he had little formal schooling. And one important thing to know about his childhood is that British invaders killed his mom and two brothers, leaving him with a long-time hatred towards the British. He was also married to Rachel Jackson. What happened with Jackson and the Second National Bank? Jackson's first message to Congress was that the Second National Bank was unconstitutional. But the bank bills still passed in the House of Congress. Jackson ends up using his power as president to veto the bill. Wow, okay. Can you give us a primary source about this wonderful topic? Of course I can. There's a writing to Congress after vetoing the recharter of the Second National Bank for it was unconstitutional that says, A bank of the United States is in many respects convenient for the government and useful to the people. Entertaining this opinion and deeply impressed with the belief that some of the powers and privileges possessed by the existing bank are unauthorized by the Constitution, subversive of the rights of the states, and dangerous to the liberties of the people. Could you explain this for us, for the people listening? Well, Andrew Jackson thinks that this bank would be good for the people of the states, but he thinks that it's given too much power that the Constitution cannot defend, making it unconstitutional. Therefore, he vetoed it. He thought it was endangering the economic freedom that people were given. So, how did Jackson's presidential life end? Well, after finishing his term, Jackson was re-elected in 1832 and served until 1836 when his president's presidency ended. Alright, well, that's all we got today. Thank you for listening to episode 6 of A Pushing History. Goodbye from myself, Parker Bex. Myself, Charlie Hapton. Peace out.